0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Makers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
1: We'll have live cricket commentary for you on he- here on SENZ from 4 o'clock this afternoon. It is the third one-day international in the Chapel Hadley. And as we have done all week, my guest this hour, or this half an hour, is cricket commentator Garth Galloway. Afternoon to you, Garth. Welcome. Have we got you there, Garth? Earth calling Garth. Hello, Mark. Can you hear me? Yes, we've got you. How are you, Garth? Good, thank you. Yes, no, wonderful. Thank G- you. Sorry about that. No, no, we got a little message from Grant Elliott for you.
0: Oh, yep. Happy Al- Al- birthday, Al- happy ah.
1: birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday.
0: You think? Wow, I- well, uh, you know,
1: what What can I say? He's a wonderful singer, isn't he? He's almost as good as me, Garth.
0: Oh, he's a, he's a great man, Grand Elliot. I'm very fond of him. And um, I'm not fond of birthdays, though, but many things. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I
1: hope you enjoy your 50th, Garth.
0: Thank you very much. I'm getting close to another one, actually, but still another zero, Uh,
1: but not yet. Hey, we were exchanging texts on Thursday night as we watched the black caps and we had Australia at 117 for eight. And I think we both thought, hey, we are going to finally win one. And then somehow we found another way of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Sum up that game for me. How did we let this one get away, Garth?
0: Um, Look, you know, you asked me um, a a few days ago before that game, uh, you know, whether New Zealand could win. And I talked about, you know, the psychological effect on New Zealand of losing that first game in Cairns, where really um, they had uh, Australia on the ropes. And, you know, we talked about Bolt not being brought back early enough. And New Zealand were worried about the tail, um, which I thought was a very strange thing. They were worried about Maxwell, so they didn't roll Bolt and hang on to him. Um, and, and then you know the psychology. I think we did see the psychological damage in in, in the second game. And you know Australia have the wood over this New Zealand side. I'm afraid um, we really do look like scrambled eggs uh, when it comes to you know to to, to strategy to, or, or or really to the ability to execute. And um, I, I just thought it was a very poor performance by New Zealand. They led Australia off the hook again at 118 for for eight and 149 for nine. Um, You know, they managed to get through to that score of 196. And from there, or 195 rather, and from there, you know, New Zealand went in. And again, it was a little bit like the first innings of the first game where uh, New Zealand just seemed to be batting so slowly. You know, at one stage, I think Williamson had six off 35 and ended up um, spending, taking a long time to score his 17 and finally when he, when he got a loopy waist high full toss you know he was in such a negative mindset that he didn't know what to do with it and got bowled so it you know it just seemed to me again that uh, the top order is not confident enough to try and take the game to Australia and so Stark and Hazelwood you know they're such good bowlers anyway and then you saw um, Abbott coming in and bowling, for, what did he bowl, four maidens in a row or something. You know, I, I just thought New Zealand, again, they became becalmed. They didn't know how to get out of that situation, and, and it's a worrying sign.
1: But, but Garth, this is not a recent thing with this New Zealand side. I, I'd say historically we've always had a bit of a mental block against Australia. What, what is it? What do we need to do to overcome it? We seem to be able we seem uh, to be able to box above our weight uh, box above our weight against a lot of other teams, even away from home at times, particularly you know across all forms of the game.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, you know, I, I think you've got the only way. Well, well we've we've had opportunities in the series, as we've talked about. Uh, you know, they had a real opportunity in that first game to knock Australia out of it. And they had and they had the similar opportunity in the in the second one. So the problem is that they're not executing those opportunities and as a result I think that the you know, mentally the effect on the team is is, is a strong one. I also look back to that two thousand and nineteen and two thousand and twenty series, you know, it began in, in December two thousand and nineteen, went into the start of the twenty twenty season in Australia. We played three tests against Australia over there. And, you know, we were murdered by them by over 200 runs in each, each of the games. We just failed to fire a shot. And, you know, at that stage, people were talking about us being the best the best side in the world. I, you know, I think the other thing, if we look at it, Mark, as well, is that New Zealand fans are just getting a slightly different diet of results. You know, since uh, India in November last year, New Zealand have played nine tests. They've lost six. They've won two, um, and included in those losses, of course, was, it, was it one of the worst losses in Test history against Bangladesh here at home. Um, a real hammering against India, even though they only lost one nil, and then a three-nil series loss. Where, where again, I don't think the side looked confident. So we, we're, you know, I, I know we're talking about a different form of the game with Test cricket, but again, you know, a lot of the players are involved in both, and I do think there is a translation of what's going on there. The side's not as confident as it has been. Uh, Again, uh, I thought that Williamson's captaincy was uh, less decisive. Uh, Maxwell came in. The the TV commentators reported in the second game that that Bolt's figures against Maxwell were 4 for 14. Um, And I thought, well, they'll they'll bring Bolt back straight away for Maxwell. Took 12 overs to get him back Mm. in. And Maxwell batted for a vital 50 balls and scored 25. So, I don't know. They just seem to be uh,
1: stuck. Do the players feel confident in holding their position in this team, or are they into minds and therefore not playing with freedom because they're concerned about their selection?
0: I, well, I think in this current squad, the players would be pretty confident of hanging on to their um, to their positions. Mark, perhaps that's a, so, another so, reason. So, so
1: that's not a reason.
0: I, I don't think so. If you if you look at the side, um, you know, if you look at that New Zealand side and think about the players in there. Uh, you know, if you look up at the top of the order, Conway's always going to be picked. Guptill, I think, is coming towards the end of his career. He must be. He'll want to go to the T20 World Cup, but his performances in recent times haven't been uh, what we're used to. But but Gupta's always going to be picked. So is Latham. Uh, Mitchell's guaranteed at the moment. Conway, as I say, you, you're always going to have um, Satner in there, Bolt, uh, you know, Southie's there or thereabouts, and Henry. So it so doesn't, you know, and when you look at who they can bring in if players are not playing up to form and so on. It, there aren't, to me, enough good players around mm. to put a lot of pressure onto these these players. So, no, I don't think that is a factor.
1: Okay. so for Australia. You've had a look at this wicket in Cairns. If we win the toss, what do we do in this third and final one day?
0: Uh, well, it, that's that's not easy either because we've had a go one way each way. I suspect we've probably, I mean, the New Zealand side at times has enjoyed chasing totals, but I think that 82 the other night uh, will will probably dent them. Although, you know, it does look at the start of the second innings, it does look hard to bat. Um, I mean, I think I'd like to see New Zealand bat first. To be honest, just get in there and try and post a total. Mm. But I think you know they're going to need Gubbu to come off, um, and and you know someone has to score 70, 80, or 90. A score of, we can see that a score of 230 to 240. Can be competitive on this pitch, and let's you know, let's be fair. It's not easy scoring runs, you know. And as you talked about the other day, Mark, and reminded me, the Australian top order is is extremely vulnerable as well. Um, and but for Smith's innings of sixty one, you know, they might have been in a very similar position to that New Zealand team. But Smith Smith held them together, and it was supported by Maxwell mm-hmm. and and Hazelwood and Co. Um, so I, I would like to see them bat first um, and to try and post a total, but they're going to have to find a way to score runs against Hazelwood and Stark. And particularly, I'd like to see a player like Guptil coming down the pitch to Hazelwood. He's not expressed pace, he's very accurate, and he's been allowed to dictate terms uh, throughout the series.
1: Mm, OK, let's, um technically, what is going wrong with Guptil, or is it just the fact that he has just failed so many times outside of New Zealand now that he's just deep down lost belief in his ability to score runs away from home.
0: Well, I, I think um, you know his, his record against Australia is is not as good as against other sides. It's, it's not it's not too bad. He's averaging around thirty two. He does seem to struggle away from home, and I think we saw in that second innings, you know, a big flashing shot outside the off stump to a ball that was very wide indeed. It was the last thing that New Zealand needed. But it is the kind of thing that you see when players are out of form. You've seen it with Finch trying to uh, hit the ball over the top early in, the, in that uh, second game and, and just spurning a ball from it off as well. The pitch, the, it doesn't seem to be there. So, so the pitch to me is not a natural one for Guptill's game. He likes to hit the ball on the rise. He's very good at it, but he needs the ball to be coming on. Um, if, if he's not going to get those conditions and he's not, then he has to find a different way to score runs and he's got to play I think a little bit more circumspectly he's got to get the ball and look for ones and twos and really start to put pressure on the Australians that way but just you know, looking to slog the ball over the top or wide the stumps is very difficult in those conditions and it hasn't worked for any of the players
1: mm. Adam Zampa he's been very economical, he's tied yep. Zealand up at one end Um You don't have a lot of time between games to make the adjustment, to turn things around. How do we need to approach him? Um,
0: Well, again, uh, you know, I think the block bash thing is not going to work. I I, I do think you've got to come back to reasonably old-fashioned principles and have batsmen using their feet to them. Um, Again, the New Zealand batters, to me, look a little bit crease bound. I'd like to see them advancing down the pitch and trying to hit Zamper off his length. Again, not overhitting the ball because it's when players are trying to overhit that they're getting into trouble. So, uh, you know, if New Zealand set themselves a total of, say, 220 to 230, which is pretty conservative, uh, and look to play them into gaps and scoring in that way, you know, you, you could see that once Smith got in and once he understood the pitch, scoring did get just a little bit easier. Um, the other, th- but Demp is a, qu- a quality bowler, and he's bowled very well in both games. And when the ball's not really coming on, it does make it tricky mm-hmm. to, to, to play those explosive shots through the air. I think, you know, Mark, the other thing is that New Zealand have actually bowled pretty well in the series. If, if you if you look at it, Bolt has been sensational, Henry's bowled well, Santner is delivering. Uh, so the real the real problem is with the New Zealand batting lineup, and ironically, it's the same with Australia. But uh, Australia are just doing a bit better at the vital stages.
1: Mm. It is twelve minutes after three. Uh, you're listening to SENZ. My guest on the program is cricket commentator Garth Galloway. Uh, Garth, we've talked about us struggling in India last year, the the Test match loss to Bangladesh, the draw in series against South Africa, getting beaten in England by three. If we lose this one day international today do you have confidence in New Zealand cricket to have a serious review, to be concerned and to start looking at how they can turn things around? And is that something New Zealand cricket have done historically? I mean, you've been very close to Brendan McCullum, you've been very close to that particular era. Was that something that they did do?
0: Um, I think it came in McCullum's um, age and stage from, from the players themselves. So, um, and from the leadership team and management, uh, so it, it was less about uh, the you know the governance of New Zealand cricket uh, saying hey we've got to change things around. It it's well known that it started when New Zealand were dismissed for uh, 45, I think it was, uh, in Johannesburg, and they were in 2013. And McCullum has told the story in his book that he jogged back to the hotel, had a beer with uh, Mike Hess and, and Mike Sandel. And started to unpick why the team was failing, why it wasn't popular, um, and said that they, New Zealand, you know, they need to become more authentic, and and behave, you know, in a modest way. That's what New Zealanders like to see. And the culture changed from that moment on, and Mm. and with it, the results started to improve. Mm. So I don't, I I I would be surprised, but I do think, and and I've been saying it for a year. I do think that the writing's on the wall and New Zealand cricket fans are going to have to get used to results that, but, that, that haven't been you know, as good as they have been.
1: But why don't we, as cricket fans, demand the coach's head, demand a change in captaincy like we do with the All Blacks? I mean, is it because we've never really had that legacy in cricket? We've always been maybe, let's say, the underachievers. But Yeah. But we should be asking those questions, surely.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's a fair question. I mean, I think if New Zealand, you know, when you lose six tests in nine and and one against Bangladesh at home, one against South Africa at home, three away to England, and, you know, then I think you do need to start to, to look at uh, what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. You know, I, I've um, ranted uh, to your program many times about the way Ajaz Patel has been treated uh, by this team. Uh, you know, 14 wickets in that second test in Mumbai in uh, November, December last year. Hasn't played a test. Didn't wasn't picked for any of the tests at home over summer. You know, to me that's just disgraceful. And uh, as I say, they, they that, that, that for me again, they have been so hell bent on trying to win games that uh, as a result of that, they've they've almost uh, forgotten, if you like, to develop players. And I think. When you watch them against teams like Bangladesh at home, there have been opportunities in the past few years to blood players and we just haven't done it. Mm. And similarly, there have been an opportunity mm. to play a spin bowler, but we go all seam out and, and we're solely focused on just winning as quickly as we can. I guess, you know, for me, that's uh, I, I just don't think we're brave enough and I don't think we've tried uh, blooded enough players and I think we're, we're paying for it now.
1: And whose responsibility is that?
0: Oh, well, it starts with the selectors. I mean, you know, there is a, there's, a, there's a squad um, that they take away when they go overseas, so you've got to have the right players. When you pick a side at home, then, you know, there will be a coach and captain and selectors who are picking the squads, and I would expect then on game day that um, that Gary Stead and Kane Williamson would have the, the key, you know, the, the main say in what side is going to play on that day. Again, you know, you ask why we don't call for heads as much. You know, New Zealand hasn't enjoyed that much success in cricket, and you'll remember the great side during the eighties. Oh, absolutely. They were ranked. Well, well, their their performances were ranked as uh, the second best Test team during the nineteen eighties, which was an extraordinary achievement. But they Mm. they were a fine side, and the second, the only other side I think to compare with them is the side that we've had between uh, sort of two thousand and fourteen fifteen through to now. But in the last 12 months, things are changing and you will expect them to change. And I think it's, you know, it's a a reasonable expectation that we're not going to have the sort of success that we've had continuously. But also what I want to see and what I've been crying out for is when the the end of these great eras are are starting to come, what are you doing to develop players? Mm. Again, you know, I've looked at the modern game and how it's played around the world and spin bowlers are absolutely crucial to it. And we've paid lip service to developing spin bowlers mm. in New Zealand. We've had a cluster of them. Uh, they're treated poorly. Uh, they're not bowled particularly well during during matches, in my view, because, of the, the, you know, particularly with Kane Williamson, I don't think he understands how to use a spin bowler. But but again, you, you know, unless we're prepared to commit to them, we're not going to have spin bowlers, you know, quality spin bowlers playing. And Patel is, the, is a great example of that. 14 wickets in a in a test hasn't played since.
1: Mm.
0: Now- Except, sorry. Got two
1: overs in England. It, it, just finally, I want to get your thoughts on this because Trent Bolt's pretty much got out of his contract, which means that he's going to play less and less cricket for New Zealand. Um, probably yeah. won't be picked for, or might not even be available for, say, the <laughs> test matches over the New Zealand summer. Southie must only have a couple of seasons left in him. So we suddenly lose Southie and Bolt. That leaves Henry and Jamison. Are we in a good place with that succession plan behind those two? Or does this go back to your point that perhaps we haven't done enough in the background to look beyond those two? Um well, well well you've got Wagner as well, but of again, course. Yeah, but he's you know, what, thirty five, isn't he,
0: Wagner? Yeah, yeah, probably another couple of seasons in him. But he's he is super fit. So yep. so I think you'd get a couple of seasons out of him. You'll get you'll get a couple of really good seasons out of Tim Southy, I'm sure. I, I, I think he's a really underrated, exceptionally good cricketer. Um again, no. I you know, I think well you have Henry, I suppose, is is in the mix and then after that, you know, I think we, we do struggle a little bit. Um but so have we done enough? Probably not. Uh, Ferguson is, is he going to play Test cricket? Not too sure. Uh, Sears is is over there now. I mean, I'd love to see Sears being given a go in in in, this, in a one-day game over there just to see how he goes. You know, there's nothing on the series now for New Zealand, but I'd be surprised if they play them. Um, have we done enough? Well, I think when when you lose a pair like Bolt and Salvi. Uh, you know, you do miss, they're, they're two absolute pedigree test cricketers, and Bolt will go down as one of the old-time greats, and so will Salve. So, um, you know, extremely hard to replace them, but things will look very, very different without them, and, you know, uh, Jameson is, is, you know, probably preferred to bowl number three, in my view, and not, not opening the bowling. It leaves you with uh, Henry Wagner's another player who likes to bowl at, you know, first change. So, yeah, there, there are going to be some issues for us, I think. Um, and, you know, we've got one day is coming up against India soon. It'll be interesting again to see what sort of side we put out. And then, you know, more tests after summer. England coming over here again. And, um, you know, we're going to be under a lot of pressure. It'll be fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I certainly don't rule the side out at all, um, uh, Mark. You know, I think that, that they have had some wonderful results over a, long, uh, over a long period of time, but the last year hasn't been great. And just mentally trying to turn things around is is what we want to see. And today you want to see a side playing with a bit of fight and some intelligence, good bowling changes. And if we do get against Australia and able to put some pressure on them, you want to see them really follow
1: through on it. Um, yeah. So Are you going out for dinner tonight, Garth? Happy birthday celebration? We are. look I tell you where I've been, which
0: is I've been to a place called Paradise. Do you know where that is?
1: Paradise? You are talking about down on the South Island, down down by Wanaka? Uh,
0: uh, yeah, the Queenstown, out of Glenorchy, out of Glenorchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A- absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah so stunning. my sister yeah.
0: managed okay, to camp yeah. up there. There's a- there's a trust that has a lot of some huts and things up there, yep. so we've had a couple of days up there. I've got a twin sister, yeah, and we're heading out for dinner in Queenstown tonight, which would be lovely. Oh, lovely! Thank no, you beautiful, for us.
1: beautiful part of the world, Glenorchy, absolutely stunning. Yeah, um, hey, looking forward to the cricket too. Yep. No, Garth, um, thank you for joining us all week on the program. Lovely to have you, and uh, again, happy birthday. Thanks, Mark, and uh, and uh, thanks to all your listeners. Cheers. Thank you, Garth Galloway, there joining us talking all things cricket.